Factory's Creativity Unleashed podcast. Join me, Tiffany McIsaac, and my partner in creative pursuits, Melanie Pinto, as we explore creativity as a state of mind rather than the talent we're born with. Here you'll find guided meditations, insightful conversations, and evocative tools to help you unleash your full potential. Because when we live life from a place of creative thinking, the opportunities are endless. Our guest today is not only an extraordinary alternative R&B artist and a naturally gifted intuitive and healer, but we also like to consider them a close friend of the Freedom Factory. Since the moment we were introduced to Clear Mortify, they colored our world with their empowering soulful music, boundary-breaking message, and their otherworldly ability to connect to others. We've been graced with the opportunity to celebrate Clear and their creative vision. Enjoy the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, Thank you for having joining me. us. So, um, when I started to think about who I wanted to have on Creativity Unleashed podcast and who I thought um, would be great to have on with the idea of creativity being a state of mind, not a talent you're born with, who embodies that, like, Literally, you were the first person that came to my mind. Thank you. <laughs> I like so physically sweet. see it when I'm watching you. Um, well, thank you, babe. <laughs> yeah, it's got me thinking back to all these times, like performing at the Feed and Factory, and just like so many special, liberating moments in that space. So, thank you for creating the community for us and for me. Yeah, that's been. One of my favorite parts of having this space is getting to like be witness to all these amazing artists. Mm, yeah, brought so many of us together. Mm. So many of us. Yeah. It's really cool actually to see people hanging out in life when I'm out doing something or somewhere and I know like, oh, they met at the gallery. <laughs> yeah, but that's super rewarding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. How do you, you define creativity? How do I define creativity? Yeah. Whoa. Wow, what an amazing question. How do I define creativity? <clears throat> I think the definition is as vast as the creations. And I think creation is something so huge that we can't fathom it. Like, on Joshua Tree, and last night I was looking up at the stars, and there's so many stars here, mm-hmm. and it like almost brought a tear to my eye. I was just like, <laughs> it's something that is boundless, and as humans, we can tap into our own ability to create and our own creativity, and which is really just our ability to imagine and fathom. Uh, something has not been before or that we're not aware of consciously has been before. And even just a thought in and of itself is a creative act. And then from there, you can take it outside of your physical body and manifest it through sound or through vision, uh, so many different ways, Mm -hmm. just through vibration too. So Mm -hmm. 
that's me scraping the surface of an answer <laughs> to that question, I suppose. <laughs> it's so true, though, and you always hear people saying, I'm not creative. But on the basis of what you've just described, well, if you're thinking, then you're creative. And so... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even, yeah, like how you design your your habits, how you design your thought habits, um, how, how you get dressed, uh, even if it's just for yourself mm-hmm. in the day, how you design your day to, to support yourself and feeling a certain way. These are all creative acts. Mm-hmm. So how important is your creative process or creative expression during this time in isolation? Um, it's been really quite important for me. I've kind of been living two, in two different modes. I've been living out in Joshua Tree, and then I've been living at my spot in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find when I'm in L.A., I've been super creative. It's almost like those are like hyper-creative modes where um, I'm, I'm waking up in the afternoon, and I'm on my computer, and I'm kind of doing a lot of like the admin stuff. And then once night comes around... And it's like 10.30 and my roommates are like doing their own thing. I just like, I get into writing and recording and I'll be up to um, record like around, like laying down the vocal. Um, Yeah, I've been writing a lot of music and it's been like really helpful and cathartic and helped me process different things that have been coming up. like different old coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. Um, Even if it's just in my mind, like I used to struggle with disordered eating and um, just old like ideas around that have been popping up into my head. So I wrote a song called meal prep. that was just like cathartic and just about like how those old difficulties and thoughts have popped up during this like weird stressful time. So that's been like an it's been an important part of my process in different ways yeah how does it feel when you write a song from a almost like a journal entry in a sense when you're writing it how does it like help the process to actually release it Mm, does it affect I think it's like yeah I think I think that it for me it's more effective you just song journal than just a straight up journal entry because there's the melody and the rhythm and the whole mood of the song that adds to the catharsis of it. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes what can be a hindrance in that regard is thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to show this to someone, so I can't go too deep or be too vulnerable. That's like a blockage that I'm trying to release. And I think even in writing that song, I released partly because I showed it to my friends who produced it. So, um, yeah, like they have different kind of pros and cons or different levels of effectiveness based on how vulnerable I'm willing to be with the people I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it definitely helps flush out the emotions for me. Do you find yourself censoring yourself often? <laughs> like in songwriting? Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. But there's always the option of not showing it to certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely exercise that right to keep it to myself if I need to. And there are songs that I will write 
and then just not share with people. Again, I can always like write something that's totally personal and just keep it to me. So, mm. but censorship happens. I'm tr I'm really trying to censor myself less and less because I think the people who I admire most are just they just put it right out there. So much so sometimes that you don't even know if they're bluffing or not. Mm -hmm. You know, like Tyler the Creator. So. <laughs> his persona is a big inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. It's funny because from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't seem like you censor very much. But yeah. Music feels open. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. I think like as artists, Thank we you. all feel like we're the only ones that feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I think like, also as artists, it's like, I mean, as people, we all go through so much stuff that you can dig deep into one topic and there's still a million other topics that you have all these feelings around that you might be hiding. You remember what expression or creativity looked like for you as a child? Do I remember what expression looked like as a child? Yeah. Like, do you remember like what? Yeah or creativity looked like for you? Yeah. Um, my mom always tells me the story of when I was a little kid and I thought I was like alone in the kitchen and like there'd be a CD playing and in between each song there'd be a pause and her and the, our babysitter Sarah would just like watch me from around the corner and apparently I would just like dance and dance and dance and then in between songs I would pause and then the next song started, and I just keep, keep dancing <laughs> from where I was. So that's, like, probably the strongest memory of uh, my creative expression as a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of dancing. Yeah. One of the things I notice so much about watching you perform is, like, how much fun you're having. And it seems like there's this inner child and sort of play and, like, being tapped into that and... How do you stay connected to child-like sort of playful energy? Um, how do I do it? Gosh, I don't know. I just do it. I guess I just, I, I suppose there was a coming back to it for me. I think it's just like the more I let myself, like allow myself to just witness this like identity and, and like body form that I, we call clear, the more I just witness them then the more I find that there is intrinsic playfulness that is just a part of who they are. And I think like I used to be a lot more serious and try and like be focused and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out dancing and I would just spend a lot of time home like meditating or trying to process my feelings. And I think that it was part of my process so it is what it is. And I think it was counterproductive to, my healing and coming out of um, a phase of a lot of sadness. Um, play and fun for me is the best medicine and just the best pastime. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just like, and I love it when my audience is having fun and it, it is joy. Fun is joy. So, and like just feeling relaxed and like we can just be ourselves and just chill for a second while we're having the experience of the music together. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a really important thing. And it's a gift that 
it feels important for me to to bring to the space. And it's okay to be like sad too, or like pensive and emotional in a performance, but um, I, I try not to get stuck in that place. Mm-hmm. I actually remember yeah. one time that you participated in, we did like a kind of like a video installation for the jazz festival where the gallery had a pop-up. Yeah. And um, we had a few musicians up on the roof of the gallery and we didn't really have a clear direction of what we were going to do. We just knew that we wanted to videotape a few of you guys singing. And mm-hmm. um, we started with you, and you just started to play and dance and move. And it was so interesting. <laughs> and then it shaped the whole direction of the entire shoot and just kind of like getting everyone oh, else to try to get into that same space. And so, yeah, it's just your... Yeah like natural state of just being calm and being yourself turned into like the whole direction of the, of the shoot. That was such a great day. <laughs> Do you ever get blocked creatively? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think like I'm more practiced now at getting out of the blocks. Um, but I noticed like, cause I've recorded, um, a few live performances and like then some live streams during quarantine and usually like by the fourth song I'm kind of more relaxed and more into it I think for me the key to performing is to try not to perform mm-hmm. and instead just try to um, uh, share the art form with a friend you know and be like yeah this is like this is one of my journal entries and this is how it makes me feel. This is how it makes me move. Um, it gives permission to the audience to feel how they feel and to move how they intrinsically feel like moving. Um, yes. So I think that's something I'm practicing and working on consciously is being able to like go right into just a super relaxed state right off the bat in performance. Mm-hmm. And in terms of songwriting, um, yeah, I think like as I was saying, just trying to be as transparent as possible across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. Are there like things that you do specifically to help you stay in that flow state? Um, hmm. I think just like, having a relationship with myself that's already transparent, Mm -hmm. which is hard. (laughs) It's easier said than done. And I think in a lot of ways I am super transparent and I know myself really well, but I know that there's definitely still places where um, it's harder for me to just be super straight up about how I feel with myself. Um, But that for me is definitely the greatest factor in staying in a flow state creatively is having a, an ongoing uh, dialogue and rapport with myself where I know how I feel and I'm just honest about it. Like the, the only times I remember feeling super blocked with songwriting were times transition moments in my life where I was like, I can't say this out loud yet. It's just too painful or too scary or too uncomfortable. So I can't write songs because I would just be bullshitting if I did. So. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like people ask me all the time, what should I paint? Um, and it's sort of like whether it's songwriting or painting um, I feel like you 
should do whatever feels authentic to you because when you're sharing an authentic expression of your perspective, um, like it's going to resonate with people. And so it's, mm -hmm. I can see that being mm -hmm. true where if you're not expressing something that's authentic, it's going to feel like a block because it doesn't feel true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like what, what my personal style of creating is, is that I tell my stories um, as like clearly as possible. Some people like tell other stories or made up stories, which is like fun and playful and totally valid as well. But for my, um, yeah, my personal style, I just try and speak to what I'm going through. So you feel like yeah, we all have um, like a certain innate skill that as an individual we are supposed to find and share and express, or do you feel like we have the ability to, or like energy flows and we have the ability to choose um, whatever we feel like manifesting or want to manifest? I think the second one, I think you really well. Yeah we all have the ability to choose what we want to manifest and like, there's no right or wrong way to, to paint or to sing or to write. You can create up new ways. You can uh, play with old ways that have been done. You can use in different ways. Like you can paint with the like opposite end of the paintbrush. It's like, it's all valid, you know, mm -hmm. all valid. For people who don't know what Reiki is, can you mm -hmm. tell them um, and then sort of like how did you discover Reiki and how do you use it in your art and in your life? Yeah, definitely. So um, my understanding of Reiki is that uh, the, the word Rei means universal and Ki or Chi means like life energy. And Reiki is an ancient Japanese um, energy healing modality. So I was attuned three times, the three different levels, and um, it really helped to validate my experience and understanding of energy healing and magic, like magic meaning like um, it, just like how I experience the energy that I hold and how I'm able to direct it to to see remotely, to um, move energy, and to, to manifest. Mm -hmm. So I think it really helped me to validate my understanding of the spirit realm because I've been seeing fairies and gnomes and angels and unicorns and robots since I was a kid and like having relationships with them that were like supportive and um, and dynamic and uh, magical, magical and beautiful. And so for me to, um, you know, come back to a sense of magic and, um, again, remote viewing, like being clairvoyant and uh, remembering that I'm clairvoyant was really validating for me and it helped me to open up my other senses mm -hmm. yeah I feel like did I answer the full question yeah I feel like as kid, even the idea of like an imaginary friend it's mm -hmm. like 
you know, are they imaginary or are kids just so much more tapped in? Um, yeah, right. I'm nice to you say, like, when you were young, all the things that you would play with. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, like, a time when society tells us that we need to be grown up and be big kids and, like, stop mm-hmm. tuning into mm-hmm. that. And so it's so nice when you mm-hmm. reconnect. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Are there times that you feel like you have um, created something and you kind of step back and it almost feels like it was channeled? Yeah, I think I kind of think of like all the songs I write and honestly like melodies and rhythms as channeled. Usually how I write a song is I will like freestyle a melody and rhythm over a beat. Um, Oftentimes, the first take of song, and it's not like I choose the notes. It's like the notes are revealed to me as I open my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely channeled. Yeah, and I think all of us do that. Like all all creators do that, mm-hmm. which is as we were discussing, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something that everyone has the ability to tune into or, like, strengthen mm-hmm. the ability to. I still remember, actually, that same shoot on the roof, um, mm-hmm. the Jazz Fest, and there was, like, a group shot. And I also practice Reiki, but I remember, like, looking at your hands and being like, are they doing Reiki right now in the middle of this like shoot? And after asking, and you were like, "Oh yeah," it's like, "Oh, I've never seen someone like actually Reiki on stage while singing so and performing." Cool. I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" <laughs> yeah, I, it felt really good to start bringing um, Reiki and like energy magic into live performance. It just felt really authentic, and um, it freed me up to like connect with like the higher realms and the earth in a different way as I'm singing. And it's like the central chakra, the heart where we have love that's right by my lungs. It's like, they're all hugging each other in there. So getting to like giving myself permission to speak to all levels of myself and my past and future ancestry um, through song and getting to have this like vibrational prayer of singing while the audience is like aware that you know just just not not trying to hide it anymore I think I used to try and like censor that part of myself but it feels really good to just let go of needing to be a certain way or fit into some category like I used to think I had to like look spiritual what we think of as spiritual in order for myself to have space to like express that but mm-hmm. I just threw all that out the window and it's a lot nicer now <laughs> it feels a lot better <laughs> yeah. I think that idea of having to look spiritual is actually like such a block for so many people even in yoga yeah. it's like I have to yeah. look like a yogi or play this part instead of just showing up as you are coming and with your performance the times when you've expressed that it was sort of a spiritual release or connection, mm-hmm. even just times when you're sort of like singing 
almost what seems like a scale. It's kind of like mm -hmm. a breathing exercise. You're just, those are actually some of the things that I remember the most. It's like they were so powerful in the moment mm -hmm. with you. So, Amazing. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I love saying, yeah, it feels really good. Feels so good to sing. <laughs> I also feel like as time goes on, like the world's becoming more and more receptive to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, started I agree. Practicing in 2014, it was like voodoo, witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, it's like I think most people, even if they haven't had Reiki, they know what it is and they're open to it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is great. I think it's lovely. Mm -hmm. So we're coming back to that. <laughs> um, what other like modalities um, or tools do you use other than Reiki to sort of tap in and be in that creative mindset? Well, I do like to do yoga. Um, I noticed the other day um, my partner and I, we were stretching and we were just like helping each other like go into like deeper stretches and stuff and um afterwards i stood up and i was like i feel like my body is bigger like there's more space inside my body to hold all my emotions because mm -hmm. it's not it wasn't all like tensed up it was like after it was all stretched out i was just like it feels like there's more physical space inside me to hold my experience um that's super valuable for me i like that mm -hmm. i experience so many things and they're always like coming and going and strong waves. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell um, what is enduring as if that makes it more valid. I don't know. And I think like, that's the thing is like the one enduring thing for me is my connection with spirit. Like that's something that I, could, I always come back to. And that's always like been the biggest support for me mm -hmm. through the emotional roller coasters and the different phases of my life. Um, so that's why it's so important to me. And I listen to affirmations too, like just in the background, I'm doing dishes or when I wake up in the morning, I'll put on like a, there's this like six or seven minute um, morning prayer. That's just talking about like bringing light into my body and seeing the day as one that's just going to reveal love and connection. And it just helps me to cultivate my faith and my relationship with um, spirit and just the idea of spirit, just remembering that that's always something I can fall back on a faith that's meant to be as it is. I'm in the right place and that I'm good enough. I'm good enough intrinsically because I'm a part of creation and the creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that is so important. Um, like as artists, uh, there's so many things whether it's, you know, whether you're self-taught or whether you studied music or visual arts, where you went to school, um, where you perform, all these things that, you know, validate us. And so it's sort of mm -hmm. getting to that space where no matter what, you are good enough, you're deserving, you're, you know, mm -hmm. you are an artist, you are, um, mm -hmm. I think that's what so many people struggle with is just being able to get to that headspace of feeling like they don't have that imposter syndrome and they, they're worthy of expressing themselves. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that's true. I think that does um, come up a lot for folks. And um, yeah, I still have it like in certain places. Like um, for me, I have this like idea of where like I want to DJ and that's such like a creative uh, thing to do. And, but I have this idea in my mind, like my memory's not good enough to remember what song names are or I don't know. It's like, there's like, yeah, there's a blockage there for me or with music production. It's like, that's something I'm working on. And throughout quarantine, I've been learning piano, which feels great. I've taken lessons and um, yeah, but I think that happens for a lot of people, like a feeling of, can I really do this? And the answer is yes. Like so much of it is just allowing yourself space to do it. And then like practicing, but actually like not having the practice be a means to an end, but having it be like, fun in and of itself and rewarding in and of itself mm-hmm. I think I've spent so much time yeah trying to get somewhere that I didn't realize that it was part like an important part of the journey where mm-hmm. I was yeah yeah one thing that's super nice about quarantine is every musician or painter or whatever your craft is like everyone actually has the time to sit at home and practice and just like create and do those things that you never quite found enough time to practice or really chew into something. Now there's like the time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What makes you laugh? Oh, what makes me laugh? I try and just laugh as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I like accents. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like joking around, you know, just like making like random jokes. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Those the main. Those are the main ones. Try and use all day or day. <laughs> When I first met you, I think you had just moved to Toronto. Yeah. Maybe. In 2017, I think you'd just come. Uh Um, You built, like, this crazy, beautiful community in such a short time. Oh, I love Toronto so much. (laughs) But the way we talked about, you know, the gallery being a meeting place for people, but really, like, you were a meeting place for people, and I think still are, like, so many of my close friends I met through you, um, and one of your video shoots, I don't think I've ever left, um, a place having made, like, so many genuine connections at one time, but that's, I think, all because everyone had the energy that, so, um, Clear actually like posted notes around the whole building of the set to like make us feel good about ourselves and just like inspirational stuff. But um, how is it being in LA now? And do you feel like you're like able to build another sense of community? And is it starting to feel like home there as well? Yeah, it's so different here for me. I think like, because for those of, um, our listeners who don't know, I'm from Vancouver, Canada originally. Um, and then I started basically splitting my time between Toronto and LA in, yeah, 2016, come to LA and then 2017 Toronto. And 
basically it was six months back and forth for a few years. Um, oh, hello, fly. Um, yeah, during, during the past few years. And I mean, Toronto, ah, it's so much fun. Like some of my dearest friends are, are there. And um, I think for me now being full-time in LA, um, it offers other blessings. Um, one is the sunshine mm-hmm. throughout the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the warmth that's huge um also another one of my dearest friends uh who is also now my manager is here mm-hmm. and we live like a 20 minute walk away from each other so we've really just been putting in work and just giving a huge push at um jumping jumping levels and creating opportunities for the clear mortify music project and I'm so grateful for her. We've been friends. She's been one of my best friends for years and it's so rewarding to be building something with her. Um, And I've been dreaming of, you know, touring and singing um, for as long as I can remember. And I just knew that it was time. I had to just really give it my all. Mm-hmm. And this past summer, um, like summer of 2019, I was in Toronto and I, I almost felt like giving up, you know, um, I didn't have a manager at the time. Um, and I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. And I had this, this one meeting um, with this person from a, like a, an artist, like support program. Um, and I am so grateful that I have a factor grant for the album that I'm currently in the process of releasing right now, which is called fairies. Um, wide open ocean is on that project. The, what the music video was for. And, and he said, he's like, this is go time. Like you really have to like show up and show out with this grant. If you want to receive your, you know, a final factor grant. Um, And then I was just kind of like, okay, right. Like I need to keep going. You know, I I can't, I can't just, I can't just give up and let this litter away. Like I think the, the fear of allowing my life to pass by without really, applying myself in the greatest way that I could and um, getting to a place in my life where there was no longer any opportunity to travel and sing and create connections through music in uh, the way that I've been dreaming of. Like that is even scarier than the thought of trying and failing. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I'm in a place now where I feel like, you know, there is no failure now. It's like, people listen to my music. I get to create my music. And at the end of the day, I'm okay if it stays at the level that it's at right now. And, you know, would be, I think like satisfaction and continuous progression go hand in hand. So I I, I would like to continue progressing. Mm-hmm. However, I think quarantine as well has really taught me that the the thing that I desire most of all is love and community and connection. And I have that in spades. I'm so grateful. So, 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 so grateful 
that I have friends who I can reach out to during this time and who I love and who I know and who love and know me. And I'm still creating, I'm still releasing music and things are going really well and there's lots of exciting stuff on the horizon. And I just know that it's a vibrational match to where my heart is at. And the fact that I've almost through quarantine let go of my dreams and realized that the true underlying um, thing that I've always wanted and needed was love and community. Mm-hmm. So from there, it's like this dream coming to fruition gets to be um, a bonus and a reward for having my heart be in the right place. Mm-hmm. That was a long-winded answer, but that's how I feel. That's so complicated, but yeah. What's that? It's literally what you're creating when you're singing and performing is love and community. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I love it. Like that's probably why I love it so much. Every, um, literally every time I, I remember too, like, and I don't know even that you know this or not, but like, I remember other artists um, who were too nervous to perform that night or to whatever. Um, and then like 20 minutes after a conversation with you, Oh, Tiffany, I'll perform. Oh, like, I, I don't even know that like you knew the impact you're, you're having on people in the space around you. Oh, thanks. Babe. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone has a gift and it deserves to be shared because well, they deserve to be seen, and it's such a gift when we get to see others. So, mm-hmm. um, what are you working on right now? Yeah, I'm working on a lot of things. I have a couple um, EPs that are in the vault, mm-hmm. um, and then I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but I have. Right now, today, it's Wednesday, April 29th, and I have uh, a remix for So Much More that comes out this Friday, and then another one um, the following Friday, and another one the following Friday after that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to be sharing different versions of that song about celebrating our genders and our spirits and our bodies. Um, it's like a dynamic combination that makes up who we are in our vastness. Um, yeah, and then I have some more songs coming out and some collaborations with artists I really admire and look up to. And for me, I just like trying my best, as we were saying, to like stay in my integrity as much as possible, just tell the truth and and sing what sounds beautiful to my ear and um, honor and respect and communicate clearly with the people I'm working with. That's kind of what I'm up to right now, so... I saw you. It's really good. I saw you in one interview saying that um, mm-hmm. first and foremost, you make music for yourself because you're the one who has to sing it and listen to it over and over. And I loved that. Thank you. It's so true, though, right? <laughs> yeah. And also, like a lot of, you know, I think most artists of all different mediums can relate to the fact that so much of what we create, we're the only one who gets to really see it. And it gets tucked away in a vault somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if I want it to be an experience that, you know, holds value for my precious life and time, 
then it's like I got to just give give it to myself. Like, how does this songwriting session feel good for me? Like, what do I need in terms of catharsis? Um, of course, there's exceptions to that in some regard if you're doing, you know, different types of songwriting, like for sync placement, for TV or film, or of course there's, you know, if you have a certain goal in mind. But most of the time when I write music, as I said, it's just for me. And I just wanted to feel honest and like I'm releasing something. Do you have a hard time or like, is there a difference in your process if you're doing something for TV or something that um, isn't necessarily just about your own creative expression? Yeah, definitely. It's a whole other skill set. And it's one that I'm not particularly practiced in mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I think like studying what it is that they want. So, you know, listening to references or like we were, we had the opportunity to um, try and make a song for the upcoming Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> so like kind of looking into like, what are the different like themes in the movie and um, you know, what are the characters like stuff like that. Um, so it is, it's a different type of process mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. But again, it's one that like I very rarely at this point have tapped into. Mm -hmm. so, it has yeah. been fun like watching TV and I've messaged you being like, Oh my yeah. God, your song. But it's, uh... Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice when people that you know, um, when you start to like, you know, see them in places that aren't, where you expect it's just so nice to see people doing well yeah, yeah it can it can be super super rewarding mm -hmm. and um you're so sweet thank you <laughs> <laughs> um like your music speaks for itself and obviously just listening to it is an experience but do you recommend to sort of like reach into the full like vibrational energy of the song like meditating to it or dancing to it or like mm, that's a super cool question yeah i think hell yeah like oh i want someone to like be on a beach and there's no one around and there's like this nice soft soft breeze and like you're naked and you know that like no one's gonna like walk up and the song, like, see the side is playing, and you can just, like, swim in the oceans of warm. Like, that would be so great if someone could have that experience with that song. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah. I just got a new waterproof speaker, so I'll take it with me next time I go to the beach. Yeah! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so where can people find you people that are listening in where can they yeah well i my stuff is on all streaming platforms um and but the one that i interact with most and keep most up to date is spotify so i would love it if you know if people were interested to go on to spotify and check out clear mortify and just dive on in and if it feels good and you like the music pressing follow um it's great because it supports myself and the channel and our team and what we're up to and also then you'll be notified of the new music that we have coming out we have lots of stuff that hopefully will really serve to to nurture 
you and get your body moving over the next coming months. So that would be that would be the first place that I would recommend you go and find me. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. Also, it's clear more to see. I don't really go on Twitter, but uh, you know, they all tweet. Perhaps. A 16-year-old yeah. told me recently that I'm not cool because I'm not on Twitter anymore. Really? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Twitter's still still popping like that. Okay, nice. Nothing get back on Twitter is what they told me. It's like, okay. Okay, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be making more TikTok videos, too. i got to get back on TikTok. I have a few videos on there, so you can find me on TikTok as well. <laughs> Um, before we go, what advice do you have for emerging artists that are struggling with being able to put themselves out there? Love that question. Thank you. Um, trust yourself. Your taste is valid. Um, your taste is, is perfect for, for who you are and allow yourself to continue to develop it. Like listen to what you like and try and figure out why you like it. And you don't have to share what you're creating with folks immediately. You can take your time with it. Take your time and create for yourself. And if there's folks who you trust to build you up, um, then share it with them and uh, slowly. And, and you can then share in the joy of the creation process with someone who you love. And that's exciting and a gift and, just continue to take steps, continue to create, continue to be as honest as you can be with yourself day to day and, and your art will flow out of you and allow you to flush out stuff that you don't need anymore or even stuff that you're trying to figure out. It can just support you in so many ways and you can, you can trust the spirit of art and the spirit of music to, to hold you and nurture you and support you whatever phase you're in. I love that. The spirit of art and the spirit of music, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tiffany. This was so nice. So good to see you and chat with you. too. Okay, well, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow Clear as they're dropping their final remix of the single So Much More tomorrow. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love and hit subscribe or share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.